Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Cast and Crank Podcast. Today we have Clayton Sly from Sly Guy Lures. Great dude. Uh, I didn't know he actually lived around my house for a little while, so it's kind of crazy. But uh, he has a pretty crazy uh, looking swim bait, and it's uh, pretty realistic. And uh, he tells his whole story about it, so it's, it's a good one. It's a call in one, too. You'll see a video up on YouTube in the next day or two. I got to work on that. Also, I got to put the Informative Fisherman's episode up, too. Um, I also want to say thank you to uh, Olukai, all our sponsors we've had so far. It's been great. Uh, right now, we have no sponsors, so you don't have to hear anything. <laughs> uh, but I want to say thank you to Jamie Cohen. Uh, I'm not asking for handouts or anything like that, but uh, he was he donated some money to the podcast, and I really appreciate that. Uh, huge gesture. I, I Like I said, I'm not a uh, Patreon guy or anything like that. I don't want to do that, but I, I did appreciate that a lot. Um, next week we have Hopper and EB talking about whalers, whaler rebuild. So it's a really good one. And I'm trying to reschedule or schedule some guests right now. We had a couple fall through. So with this COVID thing, I'm going to start doing it in probably in person because, uh, we're clearing up, I guess Friday. I hope we'll see. Hope everyone stays safe. Thanks for listening. And you kind of wanted to make it like, so my first question would be, I guess, how long have you done it? Do you do it as a job right now? Is this your full-time job? Yeah, it's been full-time for me since 2017, January 2017. Okay. Was that a big jump for you to, to make it full-time? It, it was a really big jump. Um, and I'm, I'm going to say it up front so my wife hears it early when I make her listen to this. Um, <laughs> and I'm only able to do it because she's awesome. She ended up getting a great job, so I was able to take the risk and for starting out any small business it's usually like a two or three year risk before you know you actually start building clientele and building a name and actually start um, making money because the initial investment to do all of this is substantial yeah i mean i i, I kind of seen a couple dudes like a uh, caesar from talks it's been on he's kind of talked about making the jump um yeah, well, I mean, 86 baits, he just made the jump recently. So, I mean, that's kind of a big deal. And you you kind of been doing it for a while to where, you know, uh, you kind of have the experience. So I could see why you would want to do your own deal, you know. But uh, how when did, when did it kind of trigger to you that you could be like, oh, I'm selling 10 baits, I'm selling 15, 20. And, like, how did, how did that, like, when did it kind of click for people to buy your bait? 
that started with the um, the four piece bluegill. Wow, that guy right there. Yeah, that's when that started. I posted I posted a couple pictures on Swimbait Underground in the grassroots section, and the first two people I ever sold to were Bass Bass sixty eight Brian Vaughn and uh, Big Slant Anthony Durst. So really awesome guys, and they um, they spread the word really quickly, and then it started getting a little out of hand. Yeah. So then I had to start making them for people, and I actually don't even own the production version of the four-piece bluegill because that's how many people would bug me about it. So I would just sell my own personal baits over and over and over again. Oh, really? So the one that you yeah. had, you would be like, I don't even feel like making this, here you go, or kind of deal. Yeah. Wow. I, I don't own a single one anymore. That, that first one there is the only one that I own. Wow. <laughs> but you have the mold still, correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. How many molds do you think you have? Oh, my gosh. Um, geez. I mean, well, I sent you a picture of, of the table that I yeah. got in front of me here with, with all the baits on it. Um, in my shop, I've probably got well over 200 molds. Wow. Um, but they wear out, you know, they, they don't last for forever. And that's the people, that's the thing that people don't realize. Um, we're, we're constantly making new molds. So we're constantly going to silicone. They only last like, 50 days. Really? 50, 60 Wow. Days. Yeah, for the most part. Before you start losing detail and before you start, you know, having to do more work to to what comes out of them. Yeah. Could you so. use a, a Lumilite? Have you ever tried that? Try Lumilite. Just doesn't work like the it. same? No? But, you don't get the detail, yeah. huh? It, it It's all just personal preference. Okay. I know a lot of guys, there, there are so many things now, and there's, it's it's all so comparable. Yeah, people could use this, that, and and get and end up with something that's that's so incredibly similar. Yeah, how long does it take you to build like one of your baits? And I have a question about that new one you're doing. That looks it's pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> wait, wait, what'd you say? That new one you're doing. It looks like you could see some detail on that thing. To me, I'm gonna I'm um, gonna guess um, what it yeah. looks like. To me, looks like you either molded a fish or something like that, and the details amazing on it yes so that's part of the you know i guess the uh the history uh, of what i do it started making them making them making them and i've i've been carving baits for forever and everybody kind of starts out carving looking like something else this one was supposed to look like a lake junior um being about the same size tail is obviously different but you know, when when people are young and they're first getting started, they just you know it's the copycat game. Yeah. Um, you see you see something that works and you go, I want that or like uh, a lunker punker style. Yeah. You know, something small like that. So every, everything was like that um, until more and more people started doing it. More and more people got um, they were they were man. Every other guy was saying, hey, you copied this, and you copied that, and you stole my design. And so I've been thinking about it, and I said, man, this this is going to be ridiculous if I ever did one of these. But mostly it was for me because people would swim, or fish would swim up to baits and, you know, turn away. So I was like, oh, it's just because they're not realistic enough. Yeah. You know, 
when I first got started. Now I know it's not actually that. But um, in insofar as thinking about potential, like, potentially being blamed for copying someone else's design, I thought, you know what? I'm just going to go straight to the original design. So I started learning how to mold real fish very early on. That was, those were all of my questions to Vod Command for the most part. <laughs> <laughs> how do I do this? Um, so the first, I started with baby bass. I thought baby bass was where it's at. Yeah. And that was cheap. That was about 12 years ago. Wow. Started with baby bass. I thought the baby bass glide or the baby bass swim bait is the thing. You know, they, they eat them everywhere. Well, because back then it was all trout baits. Yeah. For the most part. Um, and here on the Delta, they weren't eating trout. So I was like, it's got to be the baby bass. So I started started making baby bass. And then that was, that was the first thing I ever molded was a little baby bass. And wow. castings, castings came out terribly, so I hand-carved all the details into it. Progressively got a little bit better, a little bit more detail on there. And then this bait, I think this bait was 2011 or so. Mm-hmm. But you can see the lot more detail yeah. in that baby bass. Yeah. So... Yeah, I, I've been I've been molding real fish and adding. Obviously, you can't just mold a fish and then make a lure out of it. It is really more complicated than that. That one that I just posted is like it's kind of cool. It's been it's been full circle for me. I'm finally coming back to the baby bass, and well, I, I guess I'll show it. That'd be great because I've seen a little bit of it okay. and I'm like, wow. Yeah. The scales yeah, on that, I'm like, it. oh, man, that looks good, dude. Yes, that looks so, great. Yeah. Or do do other guys do the same thing and mold fish that you know of? I do. Um, unfortunately, uh, I am starting to see a lot of people, some even like established bait makers, mm-hmm. abandoning their, their older style and starting to mold real fish, which it's Good and fine and all. Um, you know, it's America. Yeah. Free country. Yeah. Do what you want to do. Yes. I don't have a patent on the process for molding real fish. You can't get that. So it's like, it's like, okay, that's fine. Not a big deal. Uh, the issue comes in though when people message me say, "Hey, your bait sucks. Uh, <laughs> I want my money back." But don't you think? Don't you think you get that? Just uh, it's like that type of. Um society now with Instagram where people can instantly just hate on you or yeah. say whatever they want. You get dudes messaging you and going, Hey, do this, this, and this would be way better. You know, it's like, well, well this, no, the, you know, what, what are you going to do? You know? <laughs> no, no. The, the issue is people buying another brand bait thinking I made it. Oh, okay. and it's mine. And it sucks. <laughs> it sucks. No, that's, I didn't make that actually. Do you have a <laughs> signature on your baits too? Do you have a signature, like something that you sign on your bait that they know it's yours? I, I was, I was doing doing something like that, but at this point, I'm just kind of not. I was, I was putting a, a, a raw decal on the back that had the logo on it. Mm-hmm. It was so incredibly time consuming on top of everything else, though. 
it's like I just got away from it. Do you think like and another question for you since you talked about in the beginning you kind of try to copy, not copy, but you're you're pretty much trying to make a punker or whatever it is. And the goal yeah. for a lot of bait makers in the beginning, do you feel like it's like okay, let's just make something that swims like this, but my own take on it. That's how you start. You go, hey, let me make my own take. Because the truth is, how many glide baits can you make that look different? You know, like they're going to look someone, some, somewhat the same. You're going to get three or four of yeah. them, you know. And and that's another question is like in the beginning, like you said, you're you're kind of carving. So nowadays when you get new people making baits, how do you go about making something new? What do you do? What would you do like when you're trying to go – Let's try to make this a little different. Everyone's making a, a punker or a glide bait or, you know, a crank down. You got to think out of the box. Yep. So kind of what what makes you think out of the box where you think your bait's like a little different than everyone else's? Is it the realistic mold that you have? When when it was the, the realism, uh, aside from, and I didn't know about this other guy when I first started, even in, even in 2017, Mm-hmm. I was one of two people who were molding real fish. And now, just in this past, like, year, I've probably seen four or five new guys yeah. trying to do it and, and sell baits. And the thing for me is, like, when I was young and I was on swim bait on the ground, I posted a picture of that first baby bass four-piece one that I had made, and I had asked the question, um, what do you guys think, scales or no scales? because it was a smooth side originally. Um, and at, at the time, um, Mickey Ellis was on, was on swim bait underground quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, I, I asked him if I could, uh, if I could use his, whatchamacallit, his, uh, his tail design, the Lexan, like he's got on the Wake Junior. Yeah. Just kind of jokingly. And he, uh, he asked me for my phone number and, and gave me a call and, kind of talked to me about a lot of stuff and everything that he said, I, I took to heart. Um, especially because I was new to it and he's obviously like the man. Original, one of the original dudes. Dude, yeah. The original dude. Yeah. yeah. Like that was part of, he was part of my inspiration seeing his, um, I still have the field and stream magazine where he had mm-hmm. the, uh, the article in there about the Armageddon. Coolest thing ever. So he called me and he was like, Hey, you like, don't be copying other people's stuff. There are better tail designs out there. There's a better bait out there. Don't, sure, yeah, like, look at stuff, work at it, but don't be don't be offering something to people when it's not completely ready. Don't be, you know, don't be getting started and then instantly asking a hundred bucks for your for your bait. Like I've seen so many people do that now too. It's like, oh, I just made this bait, 150 bucks. <laughs> yeah, that's it. another thing is that there's no, um, there's no policing really because people will buy it. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, if someone likes it, it could swim like shit. Who knows? And you're gonna buy it. You know, yeah. you make a limited run, and it's like, yeah. who who polices that? But. And Mickey was a, yeah. a hard dude. From what I've heard, he's a hard guy. So it was kind of cool to hear something like that from him, right? Like to give you some information oh, yeah. like that, yeah. I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't remember the conversation fully, but I, I did really appreciate it. If he said, if he or if he had a, a negative tone, I only took it positively, um, just because, like, he's a great dude, and his message is awesome too. I really appreciate it. 
And he, and he, you know, another thing that I think that I appreciate that he did was called you. He didn't put it out publicly. He said, Hey, yep. give me your number. That's another thing people don't do nowadays. And I think that's a cool thing for someone to do that. But again, how long ago is this? What, three or four years ago? Or was it way back? Oh, this, no. was, this was like 10 years ago. So then this was like when pretty much Swimbait Underground was Instagram at the time. I mean, because yep. there was no Instagram for Swimbaits like this, and you know? Yep. <laughs> yep. Exactly it. My first Instagram post was like, oh, when was that? Like 2012? I was at Castaic Lagoon. That was that was a picture picture of the uh, the AC plug style bait that I made yeah. in a trout pattern. Yeah. Do you? Uh, so yeah. you live up north then, right? Yep. Still live. Still live next to the Delta. Wow. So uh, you fish the Delta a lot. It's closed right now, isn't it closed? No, it's not closed. <laughs> <laughs> Are you still fishing a lot? Uh, I got out yesterday. Did you? Doing good. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. Did terrible, <laughs> absolutely terrible. Yeah, um, it was. It, it's the warmest day that we've had all year. So went out there with the intention of getting bit on the swim bait. My dad was throwing that that new baby bass glide bait. Mm-hmm. He had one between six and eight pounds come up. He's gonna eat it. He switched it a little too aggressively, and fish got a little spooked, and then took off. Yeah, so, it is what it is. It's all just part of it, but all of the fish were on beds. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a bummer. You don't bed fish, huh? Gosh dang. No, I no. don't like to. No. I do not like to at all. Yeah, I've heard of, I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't really, I, I'll largemouth fish with dudes, not often, maybe a couple times a month, if that, once a month. I, I live next to uh, the ocean, so I fish calico a lot, and I fish... Uh, spotted bay bass and stuff you know so it's easier for me it yeah. takes me 10 minutes and i'm 10 15 minutes i'm already launched and ready to go you know if i live by a lake yeah. i'd be like let's go but um so when when you started making baits did you have a trial and error period when you started selling them and they would break and dudes would be like dude this broke dude the hardware did you use screws maybe you twist wire what how did that procedure go if i remember I didn't start selling baits until after, like, I, I think those, those first ones that I really sold, those bluegills, um, I didn't sell those until 2016. Wow. So I made baits. So I made baits for a long time before I ever sold them. And every single bait here is absolutely thrashed. Missing eyes. Like, I didn't make them for other people as my original intention. That wasn't, I wanted them. When when I was young, first getting started, I went on to Tackle Underground. Tackle Underground? No. Uh, tackle Warehouse. Yeah. No. <laughs> it was... Uh, tackle Warehouse. Tackle. Oh, you, yeah. Are you talking about the buy baits or the... To, um, yeah, the buy baits. Yeah, okay. And the AC plugs were 20 bucks. And I was like, I can make that. <laughs> like, I can make that. Yeah. So that's kind of my dad and I's catchphrase. I can make that. Literally everything is, we're, we're ultimate DIYers, and that's that's ultimately how I got started, because my dad was like, yeah, you probably could. So <laughs> that was how I started, because I didn't want to buy dates. Yeah. And I don't entirely remember where I was going with that. What was your question? 
Oh, so so you didn't sell any any baits until you kind of right. like locked right. down your designs yeah. and your the way you had the hinges, everything like that, right? Yep, I, I made them for myself because I wanted to catch fish, and I fished with them for years and years and years and years before before I sold any of them. Do you have any uh, uh, people that caught some really big fish on your baits? Uh, I think the brand record is by my buddy Rick. Uh, Delta X limits. Shout out! You can you can pay me later, Rick. <laughs> um, he caught a oh, like eleven nine nine. Wow! On the nine inch trout. Yeah. Wow, that's nice. Do you have that one there with you? I have a nine inch <laughs> trout. Yes, <laughs> I did. That's cool. So we could see it, and that that we do the YouTube, so people can actually see the bait. You know. I tried to do that with Purcell when I first started, and uh, mm-hmm. I tried to buy cameras, and I, I always bought the wrong one. It was a DSLR every time, and you can't go longer than 30 minutes with the DSLR. So I kept getting screwed, gotcha. and the camera would be shot. I did it with uh, Mike Gilbert. I did, Manny Cheese worked out good, but everyone else's was kind of like, oh, man. Um, do you yeah. have the intentions of ever going farther than you'd go right now, maybe doing a production of your bait? Or not really. The ma- like you're talking like mass produced. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, for me the quality is so important. Um, I, I I've been presented with that opportunity, and I haven't taken it. I I, I really don't want to, mm-hmm. just because I'm I'm kind of a control freak and obviously a little bit of a perfectionist in some ways. So. I, man, if they, I have, I have a box of bait that didn't pass swim tests. Like, I don't send out stuff that I wouldn't fish myself. Wow. Um, because that's that's just the way it is. Like, obviously, your your brand is everything that you've got. And so, if you're sending out sending out stuff which isn't going to work, or for example, the paint failing, I had a I had a batch of bait paint just didn't stick. So I've got. Everybody that's contacted me about it, by the way, has gotten that bait repainted or a brand new bait. Yeah. Too. So it's it's really important for me. Like the customer service is the most important aspect. To me. Yeah. So I wouldn't ever want to send out a product that didn't swim properly or the paint didn't adhere properly. Anything, anything like that. I want I want them to catch fish, and I want them to last for forever, or until you lose them. Yeah. Um, about paint, you do paint yourself too? Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Started, started airbrushing, you know, all 15 years ago. Yeah. What kind of clear do you like to use on your baits? Automotive clear coats. Automotive. That seems to go to yep. for a lot of people that do swim baits. I'm used to doing on my jerk baits in the, in the salt was, uh, the Devcon, you know, uh, two part of okay. only because it's, uh, yeah. um, hold on really quick. Let me decline that call. Only because it it, it uh it would uh, hold up in the salt, you know. Which you know, I'm hitting yeah. more boilers and stuff. Did you have to play around with clears in the beginning to kind of get it to Absolutely. swim right after you waited? It could screw yourself sometimes, you know. Right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. A lot of lot of trial and error with clear coat. Um, this bait here. Well, the Delta fish are kind of different too. They eat so many crawdads that their teeth aren't necessarily as sharp as in a, as in a, as in a lake. Mm-hmm. So this this might be kind of a skewed example, but this bait here, I've got 
well over 20 fish on it. Wow. And it doesn't even have hook rash yet. And yeah. that's not the case with, with every bait, interestingly enough. Yeah. Some of them hook rash a little bit easier, and, and some of them don't. It's probably a minute difference in the way I mix clear coat, but it's kind of the way it is. Yeah, yeah. And you make, so so what different uh, baits do you make? Do you make a, a, a bluegill? A trout style, a crank down, same thing. Do you have like a couple different ones? And what what's your uh, is your main bait going to be that baby bass? Is that like your your, your main star? Uh, the, yeah. the main bait is, or, or probably the most popular bait is the big seven and a half inch replica gill. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time when I started making this, the only other big bluegill glide was the depth bull shooter, and now there are. So many bluegills. Yeah, guns. there is. It, it's it's ridiculous. Well, and I'll take that back. And Mickey's. Okay. Mickey Mickey had his, uh, but Matt Lures never made one. Um, and that's kind of another thing I, I was thinking about earlier. I wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to other bait makers and guys that have been around for forever, one of the biggest things for me was respecting them and their perspective, um, like niches. So. I, I vowed never to make a three-piece bluegill because of Matt Lewis. I hardly, hardly ever sell the Wake bluegill because of, you know, guys who are making a living off of it, like Caesar and UFO. Like, I don't I don't need to sell those. Like, I can sell other stuff. Totally yeah. Fine. So out of respect for a bunch of other guys in the industry, I don't make a lot of things. I'll make them for myself, totally. Yeah. But just, I, I like these other guys. They're They're all... They're all great dudes for the most part. It feels but, like I like you all guys all kind of. Oh, hold on one sec. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah. I'm calling right now. That phone, huh? <laughs> Sorry. Um, it feels like it feels like you guys all have a mutual respect up there. Maybe or th- some of the bait makers you talk to other guys and you kind of like trade a little info, or is it kind of just you kind of like doing that personally? Some, uh, I don't, I don't care if they're that way at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to be that way. But yeah, mo- for, for the most part, a lot of guys are very respectful of that. That's good. So. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. you got to have that too. It's because I mean, like I said, I I love there to be more podcasts. I love there to be more stuff because it brings everybody up, you know. And you can't hate on someone else's 
idea or someone else has done something, but so you don't try to sell you, you make a three piece, but that bluegill you still sell though, right? The two piece you sell that a yeah. lot. Okay. And that yeah. was like one of your main ones when you kind of came out with that where people bought a lot of them. Do you, did yeah. you have a store then or were you just selling on uh, Swimbait Underground? All, only online. So originally it was just through like taking orders and then, um, fulfilling orders and then sending them out. I hated that whole process. I never took money up front. I'm like, at that time, there was the big drama of pre-orders mm-hmm. and then guys running off with money and you'd never, you'd never see your money or your bait ever again. <laughs> so I avoided that whole shenanigans. Um, and then finally got the website up late, late, mid 2018, I think. And I and I stopped doing the uh, the pre order system and just doing the batch drop system. You were you were doing pre orders too. Like too. You did pre orders also. That. You did pre orders also. Yeah. Okay. I I, I did pre orders for a long time. Yeah. Do you feel like you have to do pre orders just to to get it going, or do you? I mean, what was the purpose? You think of the pre order? Initially, as because this is like our art, there's mm-hmm. there's always this sense of fear. Where it's like, okay, if I, what if I put up a bunch of these and then nobody buys them? So when it comes to pre-orders, like, I wanted to know exactly what people wanted and what colors they wanted them to be. That way they got what they wanted. Um, now it's not feasible for me to do that. Um, it's it's got to be, for my own sanity, I've got to I've gotta just make a ton of everything. And then if I end up with something sitting in the store for a while, then post about it on Instagram. Yeah. And do you just do sales sometimes or something sitting for a minute of color or most of the time does everything get bought up? Uh, knock on wood so far, everything's, yeah. everything's been sold, obviously, except for the baits that don't work. <laughs> <laughs> That's because you don't put them up though. I mean, <laughs> yeah. 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 Other than that, I mean, it's been, it's, it's, uh, looks like it's going real good and you, you, and you've had an Instagram for a while too, right? Like when this all first started, yep. you were, you jumped on pretty quickly. Yeah, um, I didn't get any any followers for baits or anything for a really long time. The video that kind of the video that I posted of a four piece trout swimming super slowly that was the video that's gone around Instagram for years now. Mm-hmm. That one still goes around, and then a video that my buddy Jonathan Doe shot of the uh, nine pounder eating the replica gill like at his feet. Oh wow. So <laughs> both of those both of those went viral and so yeah. moderately viral. <laughs> when you do the replicas, um how long did it take you to kinda like master the way you do it now? I know you can't give away much, so I'm kinda trying to like ask you a question. I know it's your livelihood. Yeah. But did you have to like did you have to like go, okay um, maybe VOD command or someone told you, this is kind of how I do it. Do you do like at, a couple different mixtures point, of different things? Yeah. At, at some point, um, nobody was really able to help with anything. Wow. It, you, you start getting to a point where you are looking at basically, it, it feels like underwater rocket science. Every, every fin has an effect. Every line tie placement, every hook hanger location, it all has an effect. So, as an, as an example, this the big replica gill, I spent three months straight 
working on this. So hundreds <laughs> of hours just working on the first ones just to make sure it swam like I wanted it to before I even made a single production mold of it. So they all go through the paces really, really considerably. Were you getting uh, kind of screwed up when you're trying to weigh it too? Because you're making the replica, and I'm sure weighing something that's a little thinner like that has got to be a bitch mm-hmm. to get it to swim right, right? That must have yeah. taken you a while, oh, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, be, because I'm using an actual fish's profile, it, it's, it, it is extremely difficult to use an actual fish's profile just because they're built differently. They're not supposed to swim like live baits. They're supposed to swim like, you know, three and four piece baits. Yeah. You know, little, little tail kicks. So, um, they'd be great as soft baits. Yeah. But, and your, your, the bluegill I like too, is if you pick it back up, the, the ass end's pretty big too, you know, where you don't yeah. see that as, as much in some of these, like it's so realistic where you don't see the ass in like kind of where you have the joint too. Like I, I, that's a pretty like realistic looking bait, you know, man. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And there's, there's a profile shot of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's where it's a little thinner than like a lot of the other guys that make a bluegill bait or something like that. Do you, do you, and you'll do drops and, too when you do these baits, like a lot of these guys do like, Hey, I'm doing a drop of this many. Do they sell out yeah. pretty quickly? Yeah. 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 I had a couple, I had Matt, from a 86 baits and he's like yeah i did one and i think it was like five minutes or something i'm like that's wild so crazy you know to have that many people want your bait and i'm sure for you to see yeah. it grow from 15 12 15 years to what it is now right it, it's pretty insane um i'm i'm just riding the wave while it's here i don't i don't i don't know how much longer it'll last but we'll ride it while it's here <laughs> Do you get a lot of uh, any tournament guys hit you up for baits? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They they usually want the smaller uh, the smaller bluegill glide, like the uh, the five point nine. Yeah, wow, that's cool, man. I hope you get out and uh, do a little more fishing. You fish down this way a little then sometimes. When I was in college, I did. Absolutely hated. Did you fish down? California. Did you fit, grow to college down here? I did. I did. I went to I went to Biola in La Mirada. You know. I live in Buena Park. I live right by Biola. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. I had a couple of friends that went there. That's did you fish Lomrada yeah. Regional, man? Now we're getting local. <laughs> I I did. I, I did fish it and I hated it. It's a horrible lake. <laughs> I actually haven't fished there for oof, I wanna say two, two years and I went back last week because I'm like, I need to go do something. I caught a little two pounder on a depths. I was stoked. I never catch anything nice. there. I fucking hate that lake. Uh, <laughs> did you fish Ralph B all the little park lakes then too, down here? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Fish Ralph B. That was probably my favorite one just because the water ended up being a little bit clear and you could actually see fish. Yeah. Um, what was the other one? Um, Laguna. Laguna. Yeah, Laguna. That's my favorite. Yeah. That's by far my favorite. So, story about that lake. <laughs> um, I was fishing there right after they did a trout stalking mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm sitting there fishing uh, a baby grass glide and watching fish crush trout middle of the lake i didn't even get a bite didn't even get a follow i, I hate southern california fish <laughs> just for the record they are you, you guys have it 
have it way harder than I'd ever wanted to. <laughs> uh, we're pretty, we're pretty, we're pretty blessed up here in Northern California. Yeah, um, fishing pressure is nothing like it is down there. So, fishing it and watch this five pounder start chasing this trout out in the middle of the lake. That trout came screaming towards the bank, wow. and instead of getting eaten by the bass, decided to commit suicide. He jumped out of the water in front of me and landed on the bank. <laughs> that trout is now that bait. No way, you kept that then. So when you're going to school, you're making bait. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Wow. So you were making them down here. Did you talk to any swim bait guys down here when you were going to school? I did. Never fished with them. Hmm. Um, everybody that I had talked to back then was really tight lipped. Yeah. And I didn't really have time to fish either. I was working my way through college, working at uh, the BJ's restaurant in Cerritos. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. My mom, yeah. my mom uh, used to run a retirement home around the corner, so that's why I know where that is. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. that's funny. Yeah. You're a local guy. I went there for for four years. Wow, that's that's cool, man. Yeah. I would have never known you yeah. were you're a local guy down this way for a little bit. <laughs> Just for a, as short as it possibly could be. <laughs> I didn't. I hated Southern California, man. Um, I got married in 2015, mm-hmm. ended up uh, living in Whittier. It would take me 45 minutes to get from freaking Whittier to Cerritos. That's, and it's like right that's down what, 605. That's where I grew so up, I, Whittier. I, so that's, my, that's actually my hometown is Whittier. Really? Yeah, where did you live in Whittier? <laughs> Greenleaf. Greenleaf? Oh, so uptown Whittier. Yeah. Okay, I lived off of uh, Whittier Boulevard by the uh, Norm's Hamburger Stand. Remember that? Yeah, right there. Yep. So that's cool, man. I'm sure some of the local guys would be like, oh, man, I didn't know this guy was down here, you know, <laughs> fishing. <laughs> but um, <laughs> thanks again for coming on, man, and doing this podcast. I'm just trying to meet some dudes that I really haven't had on the podcast and some bait makers. And you've been a one I've seen a lot of people talk about, and I'm really interested in how you did it. And I'm glad you explained. Um, let's plug where they can get your baits and stuff. Go ahead. Um. Instagram is probably the best way to know when drops are going to back or batches are going to drop. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't have a set schedule for doing them. I try to do as many as I can at one time, so that there's actually more more of a chance that as more people are going to get them on the drop. Um, and also trying to keep baits seasonal is really difficult for me. It always feels like I'm behind. Mm-hmm. Like I should have had bluegill glides up last week, and I'm going to have. Shiners and weight baits up in like two weeks. So. Yeah, man, we'll keep working, keep grinding, bro. And uh, absolutely, thanks again. And I'll, I'll I'll hit you up for a picture. So when we put this up, we can, uh, you know, put up a picture to promote. So thanks again, dude. I appreciate you getting on the podcast. Absolutely, look forward to doing it again sometime. Yeah, thank you for doing it. By the way, yeah, it, it is really awesome for the community. Thank you, appreciate it.